I would like us to read together Psalm 23. And you'll notice in the, um, I've highlighted the words of emphasis. And in the emphasis, of course, it's all the uh, words that pertain to the Lord, our shepherd, and to us. So I want that emphasis to be as we read it. So try to follow me. It's somewhat like what Katie uh, recited last week. If you remember or if you weren't here, uh, it's with emphasis on those words of the relationship that we have in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That is a psalm, like we mentioned last week, is very, very famous. And we all, as believers in Jesus Christ, should commit this to memory. So that when we are in situations where we need to call out to the Lord and remember that he is our shepherd, that we have those in recall. You remember uh, Ken or Bob Kendig was talking about the fist or the hand? And I can't remember all the points, but I do remember the thumb. It's memorization of scripture where you lock in that verse and you have it, those verses, committing to memory. Very important for walking in the Christian life. Last week we talked about the first part of Psalm 23 with the emphasis on he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness. He, 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 he. I'm a he, he, obas, a jisan. But it's about he. If some of you don't speak Japanese, uh, that, didn't, that didn't make me a bit of sense to any of you. But in Psalm 23, I think it divides very nicely into two parts. The first part about the shepherd. The second part about 
applying him to our lives as the Lord of our life. Remember we talked about the fact that he makes me lie down. In other words, he has this pasture for me and I would, could do nothing but lie down and enjoy the green and cool grass because he's prepared that. He makes me. He, it's just like you put out candy for a child. No, I'm not calling you Daniel, but anyway. <laughs> you put out candy for a child and they'll come and get it. It's the same with us as sheep. So he makes me lie down. He leads me beside quiet waters. And we need the quiet waters in our life. And the word of God is like quiet water to us. It's deep and still and nourishing to us in our uh, lives. And he restores, meaning he turns me back from my wayward ways and brings me back into paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. That's the Lord, the shepherd, who loves us and knows how to care for us individually in our individual needs. We're not a herd. In fact, that's one of the things that is very unique, I think, to sheep. You know, cattle, uh, my dad raised uh, cattle, and we would get them when they were just one week old and raise them to uh, beef size so that we could have them butchered. And those, those cows, even though we named them, they really didn't care about us. All they were was one, well, I guess they're, how many stomachs does a cow have? Three stomachs or something? They're four, four, okay, thank you, Neil. She's from Australia, or New Zealand, so she knows. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. You were sitting right there together. So, <laughs> New Zealand and Australia, it's about the same, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I am getting in deeper. Goodbye. I'll, I'll talk over here to this group. <laughs> but anyway, a, those cows, they, all they were wanting is just the food. And we, even though we named them, they never were a pet. But I think sheep are a little bit different than that. They are more dependent, we talked about that last week, on the shepherd. They can't survive on their own. Sheep, domestic sheep, need a shepherd. And that's what David was to his sheep. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is to us, the good shepherd. The good shepherd. And he turns me back to himself to his paths of righteousness, for his name's sake. We go on then to a transition in verse 4, and it starts out with a somber note, even though. And we have a lot of even those that happen in our lives. Deaths, circumstances that happen to us that that bring trouble to us, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I will fear no evil because you are with me. Even those are like things that we need a Savior. We need a shepherd. The testimony that we just heard from Mamiko and Jim, didn't that just warm your heart and give you faith and belief for your own parents or husband or wife or children? That's what the Lord does for us in those times of shadowness that we don't know. We can't see through the darkness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. David turns from speaking to the Lord in the first part of Psalm 23 to... Thank you, honey. David turns from the first part of Psalm 23 in talking about the Lord to addressing him personally. This is a style that David often uses in his psalms. He'll be, he'll be say, talking about the Lord or maybe uh, he'll be talking about his circumstances and then he'll switch to either talking about his circumstances or the people around him or about the Lord. And he does that naturally, transitioning from that, from speaking about the Lord to speaking to him. And Katie and I were talking about this and trying to understand, well, how does that work? Is uh, David kind of schizophrenic or is he whatever? No, it's like this. You're sitting and talking and thinking, my dad is so generous with his brand new car. Dad, thank you that I have the keys to your car. Thank you for allowing me to drive your car. You know, my dad is really generous. He really understands what a teenager, 16-year-olds, no, uh, in Japan, what is it, 18? 18-year-olds need to experience the power behind driving a car. Dad, you really do trust me, don't you? It's, it's that kind of a relationship that we have with our shepherd. And that's what David does. It's, and sometimes even he says, Oh, my soul, praise the Lord. Be lifted up, my soul. Uh, I thought it was only old people like myself that talked to myself, but I bet you there's a bunch of us that talk to ourselves, don't we? Nobody else in the room? Oh, Dave does, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, you're about the same age. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This past week was uh, an incredible opportunity that we had of giving witness to the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his message. As Sesko San's mother uh, passed away in the middle of, the, of uh, our prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And the news came in as, as we were just finishing prayer meeting. And we, got, we were here as a prayer meeting, and most of us stayed on because she and Todd came over to the church with a Christian funeral service Mr. Sato came over, and we sat down, and we were here till about 12.30 at night, planning the arrangements for her funeral. I don't know whether any of you have been in a Japanese, involved in a Japanese ceremony or funeral, but there is a lot that goes into it the, the minute that person passes away. In fact, we waited for her as she was making arrangements to have the body taken from the hospital and put into a kind of a uh, mortuary or a place for holding the body until we could have the funeral arrangements made. So a lot of things had to happen. But we'd already been praying for Setsuko and her mother because we knew that she was close to dying. And as we found out, she had been receptive to the Lord, very similar to the testimony that we heard of uh, Mamiko's father. And we are convinced that she knew the Lord. We, Katie and I had visited there at her bedside and we prayed for her. We spoke to her. Her eyes were closed. But as we prayed and as we sang to her, tears were coming from her eyes. Now, we don't know whether she actually confessed Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus does because he's the good shepherd and he knows. So we don't necessarily have that confidence. But we did have the confidence that the Lord is the master and the shepherd and he has the power to, to uh, quell the effects of death. And it was evident as we walked through that putting together the ceremony in a Christian way that God's hand was in it. And it happened right here in this very spot that I'm talking about on Monday morning. Actually, Sunday night after the service we had last week, Beth and the... Uh, Demis, they're over on this side, okay, were 
You should have been here. They had a concert here. It was wonderful. As they played and the family sat here and grieved over the mother's death, none of them except Setsko and her husband Todd were believers as far as we know. But the music ministered to the family. Songs, praises, hymns. The Lord was here in this place. And then the the following day, Monday, we prayed together with the the funeral staff for a blessing on this uh, ceremony. I should have given you the picture to put up on the overhead here of what it looked like to have the coffin here and all of these flowers were just all over the place here. But our verse says the shadow of death. It doesn't say the valley of death. It says, I, go, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's what we have when we look at our, our earth, our world. There's darkness. Because of the effect of sin in our lives, and we've talked about that many times here. But death, for us as believers, because of Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead is as a shadow. And because there's no shadow of turning in the Lord, in our lives, there is light and joy. And we can be assured that us walking through dark places in our lives, that the Lord is there with me. I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's our confidence in walking through things like that. Setsuko's brother, who is not a believer, stood here and said, you know, we all thought, this was to all all the uh, people, that friends and family, that had gathered for Setsuko's mother's funeral. He said, We all thought this was going to be a Buddhist funeral. But he says, wasn't it wonderful to have a Christian funeral? Made our hearts light. And we believe that he's going to be attending our service. In fact, he told me as we were leaving the crematorium, I want to go to your church. And I want to ask Setsuko if she'll bring me to your church. So we're praying for him. He's quite a guy. But I think the Lord loves him. (laughs) I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Isaiah 25, 7 and 8. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil, the shroud that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death 
forever. That's speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. Death does not have a sting. Romans 8, 9, and 11, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. And our souls have been made alive. We've been given the Spirit of God. We do not fear the darkness, the shadow of death because we're in Jesus Christ and his promises. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In the same way, the symbols of authority and provision through Jesus Christ's resurrection secure for us victory over death. Finally, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You prepare a table before me. And not just an ordinary table, but it's set right out in the midst of enemies around us. And that's what happens with the sheep. Beautiful hills and a, a lovely stream, but in the bushes could be lurking an enemy that will jump out and grab a lamb. David said he killed a, a bear and a lion with his own hands as it grabbed one of the lambs. And so he could take on a Goliath. Well, there's a lot of difference between a lamb and a Goliath, David. No, the Lord was with me. I mean, I got my metaphors uh, mixed up. There's a lot of difference between a, a bear and Goliath or a lion and Goliath. But David had the simple uh, faith to believe if I could kill a bear this guy's nothing particularly because the Lord is with us as the children of Israel and he can take on Goliath with what? one little stone wow my prayers are something like one little stone they're like what can this do? It can take down a giant. And the Lord prepares a table for us in the midst of our enemies. Enemies like temptations. We've talked about that here. We've understood that some of us have overcome some tremendous temptations and the Lord has taken us through. Threats, accusations. If your heart condemn you, God is greater than your heart. Lies, you're no good. Nobody loves you. 
You're all by yourself. You're ugly. You're dumb. Baka. Lies, accusations. We're all susceptible to them. We face them every day. Doubts, depressive thoughts, depression. Lord is greater than those. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Failures, weariness, troubles, tests, all of these things wear us down. And that's the nature of the life that we live here in Tokyo. And we've talked before about the fact that he's a shield around us. Now, just open up your horizons a little bit more. You see a shield around you, but there's some space there. And here is a table of the Lord's presence. And you can feast on him at any time. Now, a table is not very an offensive, offensive weapon. In fact, it's very passive. You're sitting down and you're enjoying things. But where God has placed you, in your school, in your class, the neighborhood, in your family, he wants you to stand. And he wants you to sit and relax in the provision that he has for you from his table. That's what it means to be a Christian. It doesn't mean you're out on the battlefield splashing and cutting and this kind of thing. We're standing, we're sitting, we're walking. That's what the Lord has for us as his sheep. You have anointed my head with oil. And oil has been described as a medication for the sheep. Um, We have highlands here in uh, Japan. They're called the Japan Alps, and there's some pastures up there. Has anybody hiked in the Nagano Alps in the summertime? Mari has. You've been everywhere, haven't you, Mari? <laughs> you can probably tell us about what uh, the plains of Africa are like. But up in the Alps, do you know one of the things that is, I mean, it, to, to look at it, and similar to this, it's green and nice and just beautiful meadows. I love to hike in places like that. Well, there are some things that I didn't see any wild animals up in those places, in the high Alp meadows. But there are black flies. We have them here in Japan as well. You get up into those pastures, or those meadows, and they're in your eyes and in your hair, and in the, you brush them away, they stick to you. Mari's shaking her head. Yes, she's experienced that. 
get in your eyes. So that's what happens when a shepherd takes his sheep up into the high meadows. Flies come, insects, bugs, and get in the eyes of the animals and can blind them and can even drive them crazy to the point where they just throw themselves anywhere in order to get away from these flies. And that's what happens to us also in our vision. Is there's these pesky things that, of life that get in our eyes. And we need to have someone anoint us with oil and make us realize, no, I am chosen of the Lord. Oil is for anointing. And as those, that oil comes on your eyes, the flies then don't like to get their feet into the, uh, the oil. And they just buzz around out here rather than landing in your eyes. Same with sheep. And so he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. You know what? We need to learn as believers in Jesus Christ how to rest and just lay back and think of the goodness of God in our lives and that he has given us opportunity to rest in him. What did he give us? First of all, the very beginning. What are we doing? What day is this? The day of rest. This is restful for us to be together as sheep, enjoying looking at one another, enjoying what God has given us in one another. Hearing these testimonies this morning, that blesses my heart. I'm sure it blessed yours. That's what it's all about. You know, if you don't know the shepherd, you really don't know rest. Or you think, oh, okay, we're going to go over to Hawaii. You know, if you go to Hawaii for a rest, uh uh-uh, I don't think so. (laughs) You have to come back from Hawaii and get rest from your vacation. (laughs) So, really, what we're talking about is for us to know and meditate and rest in who the Lord is. My cup overflows. And reflect on how the Lord has been with you this past week. Taking you through some things this week that you never thought that you'd be able to get through and here it is Sunday and you got through it and I can face another week. Okay, let's go for the last gusto here. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Someone has said that goodness and mercy or loving kindness is like two sheepdogs. 
And I kind of poo-pooed that and thought, no, I don't see, I've never seen any pictures of a uh, of Jesus with some sheep dogs. And as we were looking through the pictures of shepherds, if you just type into Google, all the pictures are Jesus standing there with long brown hair, a sweet smile, and his staff, and there's a couple of sheep here. But no dogs. No dogs. But you know what? The word here, surely goodness and loving kindness, will follow me. You know what the word follow is? I'm not, okay, I'll say it again. I am not a Hebrew scholar. But, what is that word follow? Anybody who's, where's Insang? Do you know what the meaning, the Hebrew word means in to follow? Not even the professor knows. (laughs) It is to pursue. To pursue as in a chase. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy will follow you all of your days. God's sheepdogs. And you know, there are troubles and trials in the Christian life. We're not saying that all your troubles will be taken away. But you know, sometimes troubles can be sent to you from the Lord. To just herd you back like a dog. Yep, come on, along my way. And we say, Lord, I cast out these these troubles I have. No, maybe God has sent that for you to turn to the Lord. And some of the things that you might be fighting against, the Lord wants you to know how to walk through those looking to Him. The Christian life is not a bed of roses. Well, maybe it is. There's thorns and things like that that prick us. He wants us to know him intimately. And if we're off wandering, he's going to send the dogs after us. His goodness and his mercy will follow us, pursue us. (laughs) I loved that. Didn't you, the whistle in there? My dad taught me that. I'll I'll teach you, Daniel, how to whistle like that. It's really fun. Until we're safely home, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Secure in the care of our Father. Free from worry. Free from strife. Free from troubles. Free from work. Free from those things that we get up on Monday morning. Okay, here goes another week. But what would it be like? To be in heaven. You know, we don't have a lot of people talking about heaven in terms of a place for us to be with our shepherd forever. There may be stories of people who have gone or apparently have died and seen heaven and come back. 
but we don't have any reports. Well, I spent 1,000 years in heaven, and this is what it's really like. No accounts of that. But we do have the words that Jesus said. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The house of the Lord, that's where he lives. That's where I want to be, next to my shepherd, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what heaven is about. It's not about harps or streets of gold. What would be so boring to be walking on streets of gold all the time? What is heaven like? Look at, well, you don't have the picture up here anymore. Look at these green pastures. Heaven. If the God who created this earth without sin created all this for us to enjoy, won't heaven be very similar? I think it will be. Except there will be no sin, no sorrow, no tears. And the shepherd will be there. We'll see him be able to touch him, we'll be able to enjoy his presence. That's heaven. To be with him. Can you imagine? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no longer any sea. Oh, sorry about you surfboarders, but anyway, there was no sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. That is what God has pre prepared for those who love him. That is heaven. That is where we're going. Those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. And those of you who have not made that commitment yet, you can. It's an open invitation. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Praise the Lord. That is what we have as an inheritance, as a promise, a covenant from him to us. Individually, personally, so that no one is left out who has said, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me new. I want to be your sheep. I want to be in your sheepfold.
That's the gospel. That's the good news. We have a shepherd.